0: welcome back all you minnows tadpoles and dragonflies to the rescue swimmer mindset podcast episode you say episode 33 episode 33
1: and this is cody wright and all right
0: today i would like to talk about the rescue swimmer motto i am wrong i actually want to talk about the coast guard motto and the coast guard motto is semper paratus And I'm just going to give it a little pause for the viewers to think about what Semper Paratus means. Does anybody know out there? It means always ready. So that's why I want to talk about a little bit today about preparing before you undertake any type of physical or mental challenge um, in basically in your lifestyle. Or if you're, again, training for one of these elite schools or or if you ever do become something like a Navy SEAL or a para-rescue PJs. Yep. (laughs) Clearly, I don't know too much about you, PJs, but... um, And a rescue swimmer. So, preparation Also, Vince, before we get going, wasn't there something you wanted to correct from last week's episode? Oh, my God. I actually (laughs) wrote that down because I'm so embarrassed. I lost sleep over this, people. Um, If you guys tuned in for our Shark Attack podcast, which I hope was entertaining for you all, um, Vincent had a little bit of a French Tourette's action that, that occurred where he described sharks as prey... When in fact, shark is a predator. They can be prey, yeah, at times, but they're usually not. I think I I, I basically swapped it for every animal out there. I think we were talking maybe about the cougar, and I thought I, I think I said that was also prey. Whatever. He's wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. I'm embarrassed. Um, so let's uh let's move forward. Let's let's hope I can sleep tonight. Okay. So again, semper paratus, always ready. The Coast Guard motto. So the importance of staying organized comes into play on multiple levels. Basically being prepared lets your mind and your body. It allows you to only focus on the task at hand. So say you're a rescue swimmer and you're going on a mission. Now you no longer have to think about, you know, where are my fins? Where's my mask? Where's my survival gear? You know where it is because you've prepped it. You've prepped it multiple times you know where everything is, everything is dialed. So it lets you free to challenge yourself physically and mentally, this comes into play in like every aspect of life. And if you're an athlete specifically, like, you know, me and Cody go rock climbing quite a bit. And oftentimes I'm actually terrible. I I try to be as prepared as possible, but you know, we went multi-pitching the other day. So multi-pitching is where you're you're climbing multiple levels of rope, as in like multiple lengths of rope, if you will and i had actually just showed up because i think it was kind of cody's mission but you know we should both be involved in the preparation process because it's it's a potentially life-threatening activity it's you know you, you need to to be ready um but you know i showed up without even a belay device and the belay device is what you catch the other person that's climbing with so you know what that created was a situation where i had to readapt and lose time on the organization of the activity rather than simply focusing on the challenge of climbing itself. Um, I would say a good example of this was in, you've seen the movie, right? Um, Free Solo, anybody seen this movie? Yeah, Free Solo with
1: Alex Honnold. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty I think it's a big deal. It might just be because we live in Boulder. It might be like a little oversold here. I'd say
0: say the majority of the population though, because like so many of my non-climbing friends talked about this uh, that movie but anyway free solo some uh lengthy tall man with just dark deep gorgeous eyes eyes. yeah gorgeous like black he's like a little bit satanic sort of but he's super casual so he's like anti-satanic so anyway um in this movie it it basically it's a documentary where it depicts this rock climber that climbs without a rope so free soloing is the act of you know climbing with only your hands and your feet um and what Alex Honnold did is he climbed El Capitan which is probably one of the biggest renowned it's like three empire state buildings yeah like really tall so that's in Yosemite and it's just a massive intimidating raw face if you see it and you just picture somebody climbing that without a rope you're just like oh hell nah (laughs) (laughs) pretty scary yeah so um so he climbed this route called Freerider and he described in the book how it was kind of interesting because he really did harp on that the Preparation part of it. So, for him, it wasn't. Well, let's start with with the first part of this, which is like gear preparation, which is tremendously important if you're undertaking a physical activity that's going to be challenging to you. So for him, that came in the form of all right. The morning he was gonna climb El Capitan, he had his shoes ready, and they were they were dialed. His shoes were like just worn out to the perfect amount that he needed for this climb. He had his shirt picked out. He had his shorts picked out he had the chalk bag just ready to go with the exact amount he, he needed and wanted he had his meal basically all organized there so he basically just had to throw it in a pan there was nothing yet to really think about or focus on aside from the climb everything was ready to go his bag was packed same goes for a rescue swimmer right like
1: yeah like you could talk about like prepping prepping your gear for like before you go off to training for the day so like i guess sunday night did you ever like prep your gear make sure like it wasn't like the straps and the fins you know like a lot of things in your gear can kind of get worn down and if you're not kind of prepared for that they can like break or something during training and then you have a huge issue so did we talk about the the fin strap breaking last week i forget yeah we did
0: we talked about like one of my previous uh not instructors but in my armor programs one of my mentors who had a a final multi which is like the final test this was the final multi um and his i think both his fin straps broke because honestly because he didn't prepare that gear he could have he could have asked for different fin straps those are replaceable um and what did he have to do he had to readapt so certainly that's important to be able to do that because regar- regardless of how much you prep things are likely going to go wrong right so you need that i think that's that's actually one of the virtues of a rescue swimmer. that's something certainly i'm noticing you cody is like you know it's our ability to, all right, that's no big deal, we'll figure it out, we'll just do something else. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll readjust.
1: It's kind now. of like thinking on your feet, but that's like more of like a last case scenario thing. It's like right. prepping is is mandatory. And then if everything goes wrong, you gotta be quick enough to kind of make a, make a new decision and go another way.
0: Yeah. And that was actually one of the things Yeah, I want to address. Like I'm sure Navy SEALs is the same as helicopter rescue swimmer school. But yeah, if one of your pieces of gears goes to crap, they're not stopping the exercise. They're not going to be like, oh, well, we, we understand. Like, yeah, you know, it sucks. It's like bad odds, you know, whatever. Try it again, right? No, no, no. That's your problem. Figure it out. Readapt. They want to see what you're going to do in that situation.
1: That's pretty much the whole point of all the training, I feel like. It's yeah. just kind of seeing how you adjust to like- To the miss, yeah, inevitable. Yeah, that's yeah the that's like, inevitable. That's the word Inevitable. Inevitable. Yeah.
0: Like the things that you can't really predict, but you should. So nice. me and Cody right now are, are planning- um so there actually won't be a uh, the podcast will be released pretty soon yeah um, we'll be we'll be yeah we'll be kind of in the mountains when this comes out yeah so um if you i think i made it aware that i'm very passionate about film production so uh i've organized a expedition between me and cody where we're going to go out and we're going to short uh shoot a short film based around fly fishing but actually mostly climbing so we're going to be doing some kind of pretty challenging uh climbing you know ascents and uh we're gonna film that so of course that comes like with that comes a lot of planning because you have this camera equipment right but you need those camera that camera equipment to be charged so you need solar panels so there's there's a lot of um what's the word again we just came up with
1: inevitable inevitable
0: there's a lot of things that could go wrong so say potentially there's going to be there's it's a it's a grizzly friendly area right um so of course we need bear spray we need to hang our food in a specific way so the bears do not get to it but say the bears do get to it anyway because sometimes they're smart they figure out the rope system you know they'll they'll, they'll tear down it happens all the time they're smart well all right what's the backup for that well we do have fly fishing rods so hopefully we can catch some fish um but you know there's definitely like there's always a backup plan and a backup preparation to anything you undertake so you know, certainly things I've learned in the military is that preparation, and you got to adopt that in your everyday life. If, if you plan on doing anything, even running a business, you're going to have to have a lot of organizational and preparation uh, going behind anything that you're, you're going to undertake. So that's, uh, that's a big part of what I wanted to talk about um, today. Do you have anything else to say about that?
1: I think that's about it. The only thing, other thing I would say is, you know, the instructors kind of harp on, you know, like prepping your gear before you like get ready for training or like, you know, we were talking about prepping your gear on Sunday night and just checking it over every night, make sure it's good. And if something's wrong, you know, you can ask the instructors for extra gear. And that kind of translates to when you graduate from summer school, you get in the fleet and you know, you're prepping or you're getting ready for your first like day of duty or just like a random day of duty. When you get to work, you show up like half an hour, 15 minutes early. The first thing you do before you even like go check in with your pilots and kind of do a crew brief. You go check your gear, make sure it's good for a mission. So basically you just like grab your fins, your, your harness, your flight helmet, your EMT gear, and you're looking over everything to make sure it's good to go. So when the star alarm goes off, you are pretty much prepped and all you got to do is get dressed or go see where you're going or see what the mission is.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to harp too much on like what you've previously talked about, but preparation kind of goes hand in hand or it's almost a synonym of that visual, visualization that you
1: yeah. mentioned. Yeah, visualization uh, would be like a a mental version of prepping, so like physical, physically, you know, you're just like getting your gear ready, like all that tangible stuff. And then like, it's the intent, not intangibles, but like, you know, in your mind you have to, you have to prep for the worst case scenario. So you're doing the same thing. You're visualizing, you know, what could go wrong in a, in like a, if you're doing like a simulator rescue, you know, so like maybe one of the instructors or one of the survivors that you were, thinking was going to be in a certain test isn't it's a different instructor and he does a totally different thing and you kind of mentally prepared for it you know the day before the night before so you kind of like in your mind you know what you're going to do even though the situation is brand new to you
0: okay um and just bring it back to my to my my not my fan my uh
1: your fanboy? Or your fanboy out I'm a, a fanboy. Him. Yeah. yeah.
0: So so he's my, what is it? My, not my hero. He is my he's a hero. hero. He's my hero. Okay. Yeah. Bring it back to my hero, Alex Honold. Um,
1: also, before we go, like continue on with the story. Yeah. Would you recommend the book? His book? Yeah. Did you read it? or I did you just like it? read a quote. Oh, that's
0: like, I'm a terrible fanboy. Yeah, yeah. I started it. I don't have it. I oh, you read it in your books? Yeah. Oh, mean, wow. I, I need to borrow it to, to read it. Okay. But yeah, I would like to read it. Did you read it? No. Oh. All right, good talk. People we'll check out Alex Honnold's book. We haven't read it. Um, so, no, bring you back to uh, to the documentary. He talks about his preparation for this climb because he actually attempted the climb a first time and failed on it because he just didn't feel it. He didn't feel quite ready. There's there's something that like a, a feeling inside of him that was like I, I'm not gonna, I shouldn't do this right now. So he went back and for a whole other year, he prepared for it. He prepared by climbing the difficult parts finding new like trajectories but basically wrapping his mind around what it would feel like so he would actively climb and look down and be like oh if i fell now this is what i'm facing this is the reality of it like i need to understand that i need to accept basically that. gonna die basically gonna die like, yeah. yeah so so he he understood that and that really made him prepare to the, to the best of his abilities um, So you know, that I, I'd say that's that's the if I'm gonna encapsulate this podcast, that's really what we're. It's semper to, p. Yeah, semper paratus. So always ready. So always just be ready. Prep the gear. It's just gonna make your life easier in the long run, and that's kind of a difficulty I would say of like our current culture, you know, in in the youth. There's just so much going on, so much information that it is hard to focus, and it's hard to, you know, maintain that discipline. Actually, I want to make a discipline podcast down the road, like a Jocko. Oh, discipline. yeah, just yeah Jocko. Because I'm sick of you kids just not having the discipline to, to stick with something for longer than like 30 minutes. So we're going to need to talk about that down the road. But it goes kind of in the same. It goes hand in hand with preparation. Preparation does take time, but it takes focus. So, you know, turn off the YouTube, turn off the Netflix, just off TikTok. Yeah, get off. I see you on, TikTok. on TikTok. We have our own
1: TikTok page. We see you on TikTok, you know yeah just get off you it kids
0: you 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 kids yeah you, <laughs> you guys we, we had it so much like so 50s. much worse than you yeah um <laughs> i would just say you know it, it's it takes time it takes dedication but you need to have those focuses in life shut everything else down and, and prepare for whatever you want whatever you're labeling as success you know down the road so all right let's uh that was short but sweet let's let's go into some questions questions yeah right. i'm i'm good for questions do you want to okay. read them off uh what is the pt grinder so Ooh. i'm guessing this person's relating to the pt grinder in helicopter rescue swimmer school for sure uh all right you want what to is start? it so well, i'm gonna this. just
1: i'm gonna do it but this is actually what the pt grinder is it's like a let's do like the dimensions first so oh what like we're gonna do the, the whole square thing. footage yeah yeah so i measured it every we're gonna we're gonna go off measure. so what i would say 20 by 100 feet yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a little wider. Than so it,
1: it's a little maybe thirty by hundred yeah. feet, maybe I don't know. Yeah. It's enough to fit everyone in your class, you know, to work out. Basically, it's just a piece of astroturf where you do all of your PT and workouts, and that's and, and all And now of they is. actually
0: have that the hardcore all the yeah. bar system. Those so got bars, badass like. uh pull a bar like opposing people so you can like make eye contact with your competing airmen like you, oh or, yeah like no yeah, I mean, oh, you're a team, so it's not competition but you're like dude i'm not gonna quit are you gonna quit yeah what, what do you, you know, i would do that you, for like, sure and, and, and you're just, like like, you, like give some winkies you know because yeah know, it's funny of, uh, sometimes, sometimes it's funny you know
1: yeah. also like you're kind of backed up to the at, at the facility there behind you is air station elizabeth city that's cool right? it's pretty cool so you get see like c-130s and like the 60s taking off as you're working out it's so kind like of a cool little motivation thing you know but that's what it is it's just the place you work out
0: and it's it's basically the first place you're going to meet the instructors when you show up at elizabeth city so you, t- typically there's like a senior person in the class that's been to through a school like the three peak person or whatever yep. so they'll tell you guys like how to set up the grinder as in you usually put a kettlebell you put your water down in a specific way uh you put usually the the jump boxes what do you call those like the,
1: oh i don't know what they i always forget the name of those things yeah those i know
0: what yeah, those, like, CrossFit, like, boxes you yeah, jump Yeah, you just jump on them. So, basically, you set all that up, right? So, the the, the workout area is ready, and then the instructors make you wait while you stand on at attention, tension, and the, the tensions just build, and you're like, oh, God, what are they going to be like? What are they going to be like? And then, I don't quite know how it actually starts off now, because there's the airman program. There's, like, a the oh, preparatory yeah. program. But for us, it was, like, game day when those instructors kicked the door open. It like, was legit. Yeah. They were Pretty like, fun. What, what, what are they, What are, like, what's the opposite of pop tall? like push-up oh it? lean and rest oh yeah lean and yeah. rest yeah yeah so like they would kick that door open and like seven instructors would like bust out in all black and they would go like, lay the rest and you're just like, oh my God, it's got real. Yeah. And then you got to do some things and then they start yelling at you like your haircut's stupid. And like, it's a little- Oh bizarre. yeah, that's you the first, first you're first day. talking about the first yeah, day. Yeah, it's for like sure. kind of, it's kind of boot campy Like, I don't like your face. I don't like your attitude. It's actually you're like- You're not kind of, gonna
1: make it. It's kind of funny if you like, if you actually like zoom out, you know, and just yeah. think about it like that, it's just kind of hilarious. yeah I would enjoy doing that, I think.
0: Yeah. There was a so there he's now a chief, but there was a, a petty officer who, was at first, second class, then he pr- got promoted to a, a first while I was there. But um, I could not pronounce his again French Tourettes came into play. I could not pronounce his name for the life of me. His name was uh, Kirkendall, but I would say Kirkendale, <laughs> like kind of like uh, it sounded like I was mocking him in a rednecky way. Um, I was like, Hi, "I, bet I, petty officer Kirkendale," and, and he was go Kirkendall, and I was like, "Oh, gee." Uh, yeah, I put him in the pool, and then I would just do it like one minute later. He's like, and then he would get in my face, like, "Are you kidding me? I'm gonna murder you in the pool.
1: I just can't wait to get you underwater." And I was like, "Oh yeah, nice." Turns out we like, "We, we got like, along, yeah. just fine <laughs> yeah,
0: but, uh, So that that's certainly fun. So that's what the PT grinder is. Also, whoever's there now, please uh, DM us. I'm curious if the if the log of integrity and discipline is still there i don't basically, know anything about it yeah it, there was a log you know like basically the navy seals have like a log where they they used to lift it up or do sit-ups with it so we had that too but um you know every morning when we get to the pt grinder we would just have like two different adjectives to describe the log, oh. like the log of love and fortitude <laughs> <laughs> so ah uh, the, the log of of friendship and despair <laughs> so anyway so that's the pt grinder question number two um, somebody was curious about diets I don't know if we foreshadowed this yet but I'm actually going to have uh, somebody that I've studied in university with who specializes in nutrition and uh, I've been actually writing some questions down for him so down the road in the near future we're going to actually have like a nutrition podcast asking questions about you know those elite military athletes how they should be eating for for such strenuous physical activities um, actually one of the questions was like say like a navy seal one of the disciplines and like the hardships of that is you're in that just absolutely freezing water um over there in california so it's in california right it is yeah, okay, but i think
1: yeah there's a little more strict strict than ours like as far i think you have to eat at like the galley there every time And like i think they're a little more strict than we are like of course they are it's i'm a different sure there's job, the freedom
0: as to what you can eat at the galley so yeah like what you maybe yeah, yeah exactly on. like but how like, can you optimize it yeah, yeah. like stay warm and, and you know because you're burning so many calories so um all right, so diet is to come. Question number three. How do ASTs move between air stations? So
1: this one's kind of tricky, though, I think. I mean, okay. because, like, when you transfer, you have to get to your new air station, so you have to figure out how to get there. Yeah. And from what I hear, I never transferred. I got out before I, before I transferred, so I, I heard they swim. Oh, you swim? Like, like, so if you're stationed in, you know, Detroit, you gotta go through the entire, you know, the Great Lakes system all the way out is the St. Lawrence Seaway. You gotta go through all of that. You get out to the Atlantic. Once you're in the Atlantic, if you're going to LA, say, not LA, so San Diego, you gotta go all the way south to the Panama Canal. You go across that, you eventually make your way to San Diego. And when you get there, your your household goods should meet you there. And you should roughly be, it should take a couple months to do the swim, so. That's I hear it's not right. too
0: bad, like, so like, yeah. Um, so yeah, like we've, I've had some friends that have transitioned out of Detroit um and yeah so you just you just in the summer
1: you transfer in the summer so yeah. there's no ice
0: so through the lakes through the saint lauren out to the atlantic to the panama canal
1: yeah and Panama canal is pretty easy you just kind of like tail it behind a little boat there's a big boat normally you know so you just kind of tail it behind you go through the lock system all that it's it's, it's a process draft. but it's all about the draft <laughs> sometimes the, the the crew guys will throw food down and they'll see as they're swimming they know you're transferring yeah. pcs you
0: gotta punch a couple sharks on the way don't forget yeah. though, you gotta you gotta pack your family and your goods so yeah well
1: that's a i've never had to deal with that i'm single yeah. but i know it becomes way harder with the family
0: yeah but i mean i'm always gonna be bringing my l-shaped couch wherever i go so i gotta tow that
1: yeah well about. no your household goods get shipped um they just drive those oh they. Drive so you just got to you just got you drive. have to swim yeah
0: oh got it yeah yeah <laughs> no uh <laughs> none of <laughs> no, that you, you gotta true. drive well yeah, you drive you just drive yeah you drive <laughs> <laughs> from whatever or you or even fly sometimes <laughs> sometimes they'll build they'll, they'll, uh relocate your car for you. So say you're going to Hawaii, right? Like, yeah, that's a terrible drive across the Pacific. So they usually put it on a boat.
1: Yeah, there's a whole process. It's, it's not that hard, but yeah, yeah, basically they just ship your stuff. It's actually you very convenient.
0: You, you have very little to do. Even the movers come and take care of it for you.
1: And the second part of that question was more about, it was more about, do you get to like pick where you transfer next or is it kind mm. of, is it random? And I would say it's like a, you know, it's kind of a, a mixture of both. It's like a hybrid, so you get like a dream sheet basically and you put down a few air stations and hopefully one of those air stations is what the detailer picks for you but so yeah basically it's like 50 50 you never know
0: but you get higher preference depending on where you're stationed so yeah um such so a thing called Inconus and Outconus. so alaska is considered Outconus, so outside of the continental u.s um and because of that they get like pretty much the highest pick so also, you, if you're stationed in Alaska, you, you typically only have to serve three years versus four. So you do your three years in Alaska, and then it's kind of cool, you come out of it, first of all, with usually pretty hardcore SAR, like search and rescue. And then, aside from that, you're also coming out with your top pick, So you can go to Hawaii, and then yeah. Hawaii is technically Alconis so then you can do the cycle of Alaska, yeah. Hawaii. <laughs> you see that a lot.
1: A lot of guys just kind of like bounce between the two air stations. Yeah. Um, and it's either fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you, how you yeah. do that, I guess.
0: And also, the detailers are kind of like nice, so like, Sometimes they're like, "Oh, you were stationed in Detroit in the in the ghetto." Like, no offense to Detroit people, but like, you are, you can you can go, you can go to the West Coast now. Like, yeah, yeah. So it kind of depends, like, on where you're stationed and uh, whatnot. So, yeah. Okay.
1: One more, or is oh, there yeah, the last more?
0: question. Oh, that's kind of generic, but what is it? Certainly a good question, I guess. Uh, what's uh, the funniest part of a school?
1: Um, oh. So there's a lot of funny things. We're not going to cover them all, obviously.
0: Dude, I, I gotta be honest A school was probably The funniest part of my life As in like yeah. I, mean, I shared so many laughs in that
1: It's pretty funny hmm. I mean it's Yeah it's pretty much Like the funniest place you're Do you
0: have any, any uh, Fail out stories From like somebody failing out is That like You know in the start Where it is funny Before it becomes like No impressive? We don't really have any funny ones uh, no. or I don't have any That come to mind really? Do you have one Um, Well I think I already If you guys have listened To like one of my previous podcasts The ones where I was like uh, Manning it all alone Yeah, I described that one guy that, I don't want to retell the story, but yeah, yeah, basically I was out on a run and uh, we were just, it was like first week or two, we're out on a a run. The guy's super solid, cruising the workouts and out of nowhere, he just goes, well, it's about time I hit the old dusty trail and then he just turned around and started running the opposite direction of the whole group and like we never saw him again. And I was like, what the hell just happened? So that was definitely like a moment that stuck with us.
1: I always Uh, thought like, I don't know if this is allowed or not in A school, but you pee in the pool. mm. And we always had guys that would like, I remember like, I don't remember the guy specifically, but he was like off to the right of me when we were standing at attention in the pool. And basically he just started peeing, but his pee was like neon green
0: oh It was like I don't even know
1: it? I think it was like some sort of like vitamin or something like basically like our supplement he was taking maybe I don't even know but, you but you could visually it was it. like bright green and it was just like a cloud of, of neon green like like going everywhere <laughs> and I'm like kind of laughing and like, I'm sure like the yeah I saw it and I don't think I think he like saw it too but the instructors never saw it, but we were just like waiting for them to, but it basically was like hilarious to me, but to no
0: one else. Cause oh, yeah. it, it was just me that well, saw you, it. Maybe you it broke really. the formation, like the attention. You, you weren't looking straight ahead. I looked to the right Soldier? and I
1: saw the neon pee. Oh. Yeah, that <laughs> was pretty
0: good. Here's one. Um, I was, okay. So we, we had one of our airmen, you know, who had kind of a longer haircut, kind of like you, Cody pain in the ass oh yeah
1: i i was always in trouble for not cutting my hair on the coast guard yeah
0: so <laughs> he, he you know in a school certainly he was like we're all pretty you know dialed in as far as like the the military um what is it military we call
1: it military bearing
0: that's right is it military bearing i don't know I that's like more communication Whatever. okay we'll
1: call it like military like appearance, appearance. Yeah. yeah
0: so um this guy you know had slightly off of uh, the regulation haircut it was like a little longer Uh, around especially on the ears like that's a big thing like your your hair is not supposed to touch your your ears if you're a guy in the military so um so this this guy gets like kind of reprimanded for it and we're like you know what we're i i I was actually kind of like the culprit of this i was like you know you know what we're a team you know why don't we all just get like the hardcore marine style (laughs) haircut as in like you know there's like no hair it's kind of bald almost on the sides like like or at least I guess zero like razor cut and then just like whatever hair you have on the top so it kind of looks like I call it the Ernie haircut (laughs) it's like a little bowl of hair on the top and nothing else so I convinced all the boys to get like this little haircut I think we all went to the barbershop it was like you know like a little fun outing right so we all get this little haircut and uh we show up the next day on like the the PT grinder and like you could tell the instructors like all had like a smirk and were trying to like keep their military bearing in the sense that they're like god these goofballs and like technically it was like legit right um and they're just like you guys think you're real cool huh sesame street team over here huh ernie's like (laughs) so or bert whatever so um you know we, we think we're all smart and shit but then the chief that reprimanded the uh the you know my friend to begin with comes back and he goes that's that's real cute boys, but uh you realize that's actually also not regulation in the Coast Guard. It has to fade in. You can't just have like a bowl of hair on top. It's not like a, you have a little like skull cap of hair. this is not how this works. So we're like, oh dang, he's actually right. Like that doesn't match the regulation. He goes like, like you guys all have to fix this now. And he like of course made us like do more exercises for it or whatever. So now I'm like a little frustrated. So I go back to the team, I'm like, all right, here's the deal team. <laughs> we messed up with the whole like high hair thing. So um Let's go with this new approach. Let's go with the uh, shaved heads approach. And people were like, what do you mean? And I go like, well, you know, I have a razor, very sharp. Let's go full on bald. Let's commit to the bald. And I, I was so like disciplined about it. I was like, I went to the uh, Walmart and I got some like balding, not balding cream, but like the make your hair glisten. or like oh, skull glisten. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we all like shave our heads raw. Right and, and and it took a it took a little bit of convincing because I think at this point we we're like seven in our class right and like you know of course it's like I I'm sure you would be like, one I of those. would not want to yeah, be like, doing that like it was like two out of the seven or three out of the seven <laughs> that were like hell no I'm not shaving my head bald I have gorgeous hair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's <laughs> no way I'm shaving yeah. my hair but of course like you know how it is like in a, in a pack right you just got to convince like two or three and then like once like it's like a good part yeah. then the others are like dang they gotta do it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's and then such the a... other guys, right? <laughs> yeah so I convinced like two of them or three and then. um and then, of course, the the last followed. And uh, so we went with this approach. We're like, we can't just, because sh- it's winter. My section was in the winter, which is really nice. I highly recommend if you can do that. It's school in the winter. Um, so anyway, you know, it's cold. And now we're like, dude, we're going to get like hypothermia on our heads here. Not to mention, I think it'd be funnier if we showed up as a surprise in the pool with our shaved heads <laughs> rather than like them seeing it immediately on the PT grinder. So we all put our, you know, regulation hats on and we made a packed to make sure we keep it all on. So we're all gonna keep our hats on (laughs) during this like exercise. So we're, you know, working out three hours, two, three hours doing our PT. And they're like, all right, you know, get ready for a pool. So we go in the, you know, uh, the locker room, change out, take our hats off. Like there's no instructors we're just like, you know, like all giggling, (laughs) really excited. And then, you know, they don't even look like you're usually in the hall and they'll open the door and they'll go like, all right, bring it out. So they don't even look at you. So we bring it out. (laughs) and the instructors are all usually just sitting there on the benches and they just have one after another just bald airmen just like look like a sickly airman just walking out with the the overhead light just beaming off their heads like like just headlights and we're just all trying to like we all like we're good enough that we kept our military bearing, like no smile no nothing just stone cold just these bald little like this little troop and then um you could tell like because you don't usually look at the instructors, right? You turn your back to them, and like you, you get an attention. then until you get in the pool, and you could just hear like half the instructor It was just like just giggling in the back just like <laughs> and the chief you could tell the chief, even the chief was like a little bit like god damn it these guys <laughs> <laughs> this is technically nothing illegal, but they're really like it's, to piss us off. it's ridiculous so um and to be fair to the chief he had like a great uh sense of humor he goes like so what you guys are like the maroon five now or something and like i love that one of my uh like airman buddies was like, confident enough and like quick-witted enough that immediately he just went Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately I, was, I was, like when you stopped that song they were just like underwater da- or like spread down underwater back you guys suck I <laughs> were just giggling like underwater it was so good so yeah it took a while for our hair to grow back so that, that was definitely a memorable moment yeah, good, good times good times yeah
1: I think that's about it right
0: is that it for today's for questions podcast yeah alright so again we're going in the, the Wyoming winter river range area so
1: we're back in a week
0: yep ish yeah yeah so look forward to the next pot i think we we got some good ideas yeah for we have some like,
1: some absolute gems coming yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So. and uh like I, i've addressed i'm still gonna get nate fesky i've gotten in touch with him <laughs> uh we just kind of gotta organize the like audio so it's not terrible sounding for you guys because he's he's a uh, you know he's not going to be present with us here in the studio so um yeah, he Nate Fesky again is a is a rescue swimmer who's got phenomenal cases. He's an ex
1: roommate to both of us. We both yeah, live with Nate Fesky. Both Feskey. live with him.
0: So and he's like kind of a southerner, so that makes things a little interesting. Yeah,
1: and, he's got he's got a good storytelling ability, yeah. I'd say.
0: And we also have other great podcasts coming up. So
1: yeah, and as always, if you enjoyed the podcast, go leave a rating and review on the Apple page. If you're interested in some of the products we have, we're not going to like pitch the products today. We're just going to kind of tell you to go, go to rsmguide.com, yep. go to the products tab, and just look at what we got.
0: Yep. But that is how you can support us. You know, free podcast. So, you know, if you're trying to learn more and grow as a uh, military athlete or just as an athlete in general, check it out. And we got a lot of good programs and one coming up.
1: Yeah. So, yep. A few weeks. So, be on the lookout for that. Win
0: the summer. Programs. There's
1: a link on there on the page.
0: Yep. Great. All right you know we should tune out what's what's our tune out now yeah
1: better. i forgot what we did last week i did you ra, just did like, but i did it rogue so yeah should we just do it together or should we just come up with something else
0: we could just sip our coffee like oh into yeah the mic just like well I, i'm out of coffee oh. i'll just pretend okay. you ready so um it's been a great episode and uh tune
1: in next time <laughs>